One of my brothers was a god of Lego. There was this giant denim drawstring sack that we kept in the basement, and inside were hundreds, maybe thousands of bricks. But we didn't call them that. They were twoies and long guys and fatzos. The big green or gray bases were grass and concrete. There's been a lot written about Lego nomenclature. That's a rabbit hole I won't explore here. I lay on my belly, propped on my elbows, until I couldn't feel my shoulders any longer. There was a level of elegance and symmetry to what my older brother had thrown together with half the number of pieces that I admired so much. It was something, a ship, a house, a box with a secret compartment out of nothing. And then nothing again, as we dropped it back into that denim sack, shattering the object of so much creative energy into its original medium for another time. Did you know that Lego adopted its name from the Danish phrase, like, here. Leigut. Did you catch that? Leigut? Meaning... Play well. Seriously, that was Google. Leigut. Play well. You may have guessed who I'm talking with in this episode. Hi, I'm Dr. Jenny Nash. I'm the head of Education Impact in the U.S. with LEGO Education. We work with teachers to think about how to bring great playful learning pedagogies into their classroom and have great learning solutions that students get to work with. Coming as an educator of almost 20 years, having been a science teacher, a STEM teacher, and professional development provider, it really is my true heart to get to have these types of learning experiences for our students. But it's changed a lot since 1934. The number of bricks is now thousands, and LEGO Education, an arm of the LEGO group, is carrying on a tradition that, if you're into education technology, should fascinate you as it does me. These folks were messing around with programmable objects for learning in 1984, partnering with one of my heroes, Seymour Papert at MIT, to realize the potential of the tangible, buildable world of LEGO for helping learners understand computation. Earlier this month, LEGO Education dropped Spike Essentials, which, well, let me play you this video describing one of the lessons. In this lesson, your students will practice identifying and fixing errors in a program to build a taxi for Leo and navigate Spike Town. Using their taxis, your students will complete three challenges. First, they'll program the taxi to move. For the best ride, be sure to run the taxi on a clean and dry surface. Next, they'll modify the program to make the taxi follow the route that's shown on Leo's map in the app. And finally, they'll design a new route for Leo's next trip. Encourage your students to think creatively as they problem solve and build. To help them understand the programming task, remind them that these are the movement blocks. They can be used like directions on a map. The movement blocks turn left and right and go forward and backwards. Remember to engage with them as they work. Ask questions like, how will you follow Leo's map to get to the art museum? And where is Leo going on his next adventure? When your students have completed these challenges, bring them together to share their roots. Facilitate a discussion about testing and debugging programs. Ask questions like, why is it important to test a program to make sure it works as intended? And how can you use the results of your tests to improve your program? 
If you have more than 45 minutes, you can extend this lesson by having your students identify the shapes their taxis made as they drove. For an added challenge, ask them to investigate the perimeters of the different shapes. Beep, beep, watch out. This lesson might be too fun to handle. I've never been to Spike Town, but I could see my nine-year-old self being interested to figure out how to get my Lego minifigure there. Picture a small taxi that I built with my partner in class, tricked out with programmable sensors and a tablet interface where I drag, drop, and insert a sequence, conditionals, loops, and more. The concept isn't so different from Lego programmables we've seen in the past, but the difference it seems is that the ecosystem for teachers is more built out and the kit, rather than simply a programmable robot, is a better mirror of the potential of programmables, where motors are just one element that can be tinkered with in the course of exploring subjects beyond math and programming. Enjoy the conversation. This is No Such Thing, a podcast about learning in the digital age. I'm Mark Lesser. Let's start with hands-on purposeful play why is it so important particularly in 2021 you know hands-on purposeful play is is so important anytime but i think we're just really seeing how critical it is for our students to have that hands-on engaging learning more now than ever it just truly leads to student success you know purposeful play is rooted in pedagogical approaches that include project-based learning inquiry-based learning It's really about getting students that experience where they're truly embedded in their learning and thinking about skills and knowledge that they're gaining. And at the same time, we really can help students have a love of learning because it's it's fun and it's engaging. Um, So when I think about that purposeful play and, and how we can really encourage students to explore and experiment, continually iterating on their ideas, There's so many benefits that come to mind, just that ability for students to connect their ideas, try something and fail and that failure be okay. It nurtures creativity. There's so many skills that they're nurturing with collaboration and learning how to iterate, learning how to learn even. There's just so many benefits playful learning can bring for our students and also for our teachers to think about how students learn and great ways to bring that learning to life. And I always just think about if students are engaged in learning, they're being motivated and and they're connecting to the learning in ways they might not otherwise. Now, you're a longtime educator, and um, I just want people to have the context for where your perspective is coming from. So Lego, the toy company, and Lego education are two different things. Just tell us about Lego education and how did you come to Lego education from your background in K-12? Oh, it's a fun story. So Lego Education is rooted in the Lego company and the Lego group and their real focus around play and how play can bring great experiences to students. And so Lego Education really feeds off of that. We think about that motto about having the builders of tomorrow and being able to have every student succeed. And it's really about building our leaders of tomorrow through those experiences that they can have hands on. As a teacher myself, I just fell in love with the type of learning that students had and the opportunity and the just unbelievable experiences and places students took their learning that I couldn't imagine before when they started getting the Lego education materials in their hands. And that prompted me to to do more. And I started teaching other teachers about it, doing professional development, um, really bringing it to life. And once that opportunity uh, opened up to come and work with the company, I couldn't wait. Uh, could never imagine myself working with a company in the past, but 
what a great opportunity to take this message to educators across the world, to bring these opportunities to students, to work with the familiar Lego brick in ways in education that they might not otherwise have that opportunity to, and everything that's possible when they can get creative, when they can build something and encode it and bring it to life, just so many ways to connect learning that otherwise might not happen. And we bring that opportunity to children every day. Yeah. Do you think learning through play drops off as an instructional ethos after the early grades? And and if so, why? Why does that happen? It's so sad. I think that we often think about play only for our youngest students. I think we look at our children and we see them learning through just trying and failing and having those playful experiences. And we know it's really powerful But then we think as they grow up, for some reason, maybe that's not as powerful as it used to be. So I challenge everybody always to think about play and its purpose and what it really is about. It's about getting hands on. It's about trying something. It's just about being in an experience and how you kind of take that in and learn from what you're doing. So I think that when we think of purposeful play, it is that purpose that it brings to classrooms we have standard aligned programs. So we're focused on those learning outcomes that we have for our students and how we make them more playful and more experiential. We're thinking about those 21st century skills constantly and how students are experiencing those with the content and the learning that they have. So just, it, it kind of gets lost a little bit in this idea that that free play um, maybe doesn't have a place for older kids, but it really is that purposeful piece. I mean, I taught high school science and I always wanted my students experiencing and being hands-on with the learning and not just, you know, reading it as they're going along. And I think that, you know, we just have to think about that inquiry base, that project base, all of those pedagogies that have play kind of embedded in them and that place that it has for every every child, every adult, all, all of us really when we're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, we can absolutely get hands-on and playful with our learning if we just let ourselves. Tell us about the emergency response from Lego Ed, because there was one um, during the pandemic. And what did Lego learn from uh, how it could respond to a situation where, you know, I think a lot of people probably imagine that there wasn't an awful lot of hands-on learning, hands-on play to be had. Yeah, you know, a big learning I think that we had with Lego education and so many educators had is it doesn't matter where we are, what's happening, you know, learning needs to continue. Learning can happen in any place, in any space. And so we tried to be really thoughtful about that. We absolutely know that students learn best when they're hands-on. And and we wanted to make sure that that could happen no matter where the students were learning. So our goal was really thinking about what are the solutions that can get students hands-on no matter where they are? What are those resources that teacher needs? I mean, teachers have just been outstanding in what they've been able to do during this difficult time. And how do we get them those right tools to make sure they can keep doing that, reach their students, keeping them really engaged, making sure that work is as meaningful as possible. So we've thought about being in classrooms, being virtual, being in that hybrid kind of mix of both. And one of those great resources that we could bring. And it really made it clear that, honestly, we need to rethink learning. I think that we've walked away with a major learning just about the fact that we have to be really thoughtful and the fact that learning is going to happen no matter where we are. And it might take different shapes and look differently. And so we need to think about that purposeful play piece again and how we can develop confident, resilient, lifelong learners. And no matter what disruptions happen, then we can really make sure that students have 
the skills that they need, the knowledge that they need to tackle challenges that might come their way in the future. So it's really about that rethinking learning and driving students to being those lifelong learners. Yeah, tell tell just a little bit about the platform. Um, there is a space for um, educators to go and um, take in some of the things that you had certainly been cultivating over time, but but um, specifically in the context of the pandemic, you had some things that went up on the on the web, and they would still most definitely be relevant for this year, while so many schools are sort of uh, schools are in, but uh, we know that that's fraught uh, and and has a, a little bit of hesitation to it everywhere. So um, so that people are aware of what the resources are, tell us about the platform. Yeah, I think one of the best uh, resources that came out earlier this year is our Lego Education Professional Development Platform. Again, on our website, as you said, um, so you can go right in there and create an ID and, and go into it. It's a completely free platform. And what's going to happen for teachers is they're going to see learning happening in a lot of different ways. So this professional development platform was built around creating exemplars, videos, examples, um, just to cultivated a huge library of resources for teachers to see playful learning in action in different ways whether it be through a, a virtual meeting or in a classroom where we're socially distanced and wearing masks to, you know, what it looks like um, under more normal circumstances, if you will. And in this platform, teachers are going to be able to see that, see what it looks like, understand how to actually bring it to life. It's going to prompt them to think about their own situations for learning and what they can do with their own students, regardless of whether you have the Lego education materials or not. It's a great resource to think about classroom management and, you know, learning through play and what that looks like and how do I cultivate great conversations in my classroom. So just a really kind of thoughtful approach to how we can support teachers to see how to bring learning to life in all these different situations so that learning will continue. Yeah, outstanding. So the 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 link for the platform is going to be in our show notes so that people can have quick access to it. Um that sort of leads us to the the announcement earlier this month. Um, there's new and exciting happening with you all and launch for this school year. Tell me about that. So excited that we just announced, as you said, the expansion of our hands-on learning portfolio. We unveiled the new Lego Education Spike Essential. This is an elementary school solution meant to ignite students' passion in STEAM learning through playful problem solving and storytelling. So just an awesome opportunity for students to dig in and bring their STEAM learning through knowledge and skills together in, in many different ways. Now, Spike Essential is going to join our Lego Education Spike Prime, our Lego Education Brick Q Motion Essential, and our Lego Education Brick Q Motion Prime all together to create the Lego learning system. So with the announcement of not only this amazing new solution for elementary students, we've also unveiled the Lego learning system. And this is an intuitive, inclusive, and highly adaptable system that meets students no matter where they are in their journey. So we really stopped and said, you know, what is it that, that the students need? Well, the first thing they need is to be able to come into a journey and have success, instant successes, no matter what their background or experience is. And they need to be able to grow and move at their own paces throughout their ages, no matter where they started. So we really built this system around that idea that it can 
really intuitively fit into where students are and where classrooms are in learning. And every student's going to be able to be successful. It's going to include everybody into that system so that it can meet their needs. So we really have thought about it as a journey for our students and growth and not just a, a solution at one point in time with the goal of making STEAM learning easier to implement in the classrooms and also drive that, that want for lifelong learning for our students. So you can't get away from the conversation right now about future preparedness, future readiness, uh, jobs of the future. I think a lot of this stems from the gap between uh, preparation and industry and and some of those purely perceived, some of those um, very, very real um, and and uh, daunting to think about. Um, how do you feel like for Lego education, what do you feel is the story there? How is Lego education helping prepare students for um, not just future jobs, but um, to sort of be participants and contributors in these the problems that we face right now in our in our world? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, at Lego Education, it's something we think about a lot. The jobs of the future, the fact that so many of them probably don't even exist yet. And we're preparing our students for kind of an unknown in a lot of ways. And so how do we really do that in a meaningful way? And so with the Lego learning system, again, you know, we're thinking about it as a growth journey for our students. We're thinking about the the ability they need to understand information so that they can learn, unlearn, and relearn as they go into the future. We're thinking a lot about the skills that they need and how through purposeful play and that hands-on learning experience, they're gonna gain those skills. And I think unlike some other products, um, you know, we're, we don't wanna just be out of the box. We really wanna be adaptable to the learning situation that students are in. So how can they have experiences where they really empathize with a minifigure character that they're working with um, in Spike Essential, for example, and the struggle that person's going through and the problem they're trying to solve and dig in and think about that problem and how they would solve it themselves uh, to take it really further. And of course, they're using the familiar Lego brick, they're coding um, through the software to create something that's going to move and be interactive. So they're very immersed in all of that as it's happening, which really creates a nice, authentic, real world way for our students to learn. They have some agency and choice in where they take the learning. They're really utilizing those skills and understanding how to collaborate and think critically and, uh, you know, have those conversations around what they're doing. And I think all of that's really building their confidence. And I mean, in the end, isn't that one of the major outcomes we want for our students, right? Building their confidence and their resilience as a learner um, through kind of bringing all of that together. And, you know, I think students don't always get that chance to kind of bring all those pieces together. We do sometimes learn in isolation. And so we just want to make sure and be very thoughtful and purposeful that students get that opportunity so that they are kind of prepared for that future um, that we may not be able to define yet. I want to give people a little bit more sense of what Spike Essential is like. What uh, what would what is the experience? Uh, walk me through it as an educator who might be um, using this as a, a solution for their classroom. Absolutely, I think that Lego Education Spike Essential brings to life for students. Um, experiences that they might be able to think up, ideas they might be able to have. 
um, they're actually able to create that model. So physically using the bricks to build and create a model that they're then going to go in and program um, through our digital app. That's going to allow them to, again, find their own right level of experience, whether it be an icon base or a word block, uh, in order to bring whatever that model is to, to start to have it move because of the inclusion of the intelligent hub, the motors, the sensors. So they're going to be able to take information in with the sensors, have it move with the motors, um, potentially give an output through a light matrix. There's so many opportunities that students can create their ideas and, and meet the challenges that we've kind of put forth. And as I mentioned before, many of the lessons kind of take them into being a part of the narrative happening with a minifigure character so that they're going to be able to uh, help solve a problem that that character is having. So they're immersed right in the story immediately, which is going to make telling and, and communicating their ideas, potentially writing about their ideas that much easier because they're really immersed in that learning that's happening um, so all of that's just kind of creating that ability for students to push their learning more and more in their own way, have that agency that this is how I would solve the problem. This is what I would create. This is how I think it should move. This is how I might use um, these these sensors and coding. So a lot of social emotional learning happening in the background as a result, just that kind of self-awareness um, collaboration that they might be having with others as they're kind of coming up with these ideas and I think the great thing is, is all of that, again, builds that confidence for students. So they're really physically interacting and working with the materials, with the coding. Uh, you know, they're telling the story. They're explaining what's happening in the end, just really bringing all of that knowledge and experience that they have out in a way that they may not otherwise be able to. They may struggle to get that on paper otherwise. Um, but now they're, they're able to really showcase it in, a, in both a physical, tangible way through their words, through writing and so many different avenues uh, it just really affords students a lot of ways to be successful and showcase what they have. Mm. I know in your role, you're really focused on impact. And I'm curious what you're most anticipating about the outcomes of what learners will take from the new experience. When we think about outcomes, um, you know, there's there's tangible things that we think about with students, you know, gaining that knowledge, gaining those skills. But if we go even higher level with the Lego learning system, um, with Lego Spike Essential, I think that lifelong learning, honestly, is, is a huge outcome that we want to have for our students. We want them to think about how to be a learner. We want them to walk away kind of having a love of learning and, and wanting to dig in and, and have more. We want the, the bell to ring and them not to want to leave because they're so immersed in what they're doing. Um, so I think of that as a really big outcome that we have for our students. I also think about that, that confidence piece that I've mentioned, that resiliency um, we want students to go into learning having those those tools ready because I, I think about the, the STEAM concepts that they're learning, the disciplinary skills, computational thinking, science and engineering kind of habits of minds, mathematical practices. You know, they're going to gain a lot of those knowledge. They're going to gain a lot of skills, but it's also about having them be able to apply them. So I think those big outcomes around students successfully applying those those knowledge and skills that they have. Um, to what they're doing, you know, that's, that's future-proofing them um, for that future that we discussed is making sure those outcomes come true. Um, it's those jobs that we talked about for tomorrow and the critical thinking and the adaptability that students are going to have. I mean, those are the really big kind of target outcomes that we want to think about um, for our students, uh, even as well as some of the social-emotional pieces that we discussed. 
And so we want to be really thoughtful about that and, and really intentional in the way that the learning is going to happen when we create uh, those learning pathways for students to make sure they have those opportunities. And I think the brilliance with the Lego learning system is the fact that it's not in isolation. They don't just get that opportunity at one grade level or at one point in time. You know, we we continually give them that opportunity to grow and continue to build on all of that year after year after year. Mm. I've known you know, Lego's education product for some time has gone through with the field of education, the sort of the the trends and peaks with things like, uh, you know, starting with STEM and STEAM and moving into computational thinking and computer science education. And Lego has, has really tried to um, do what it can to support those movements as they're happening. And I'm curious from your perspective as somebody who's uh, taught in the classroom and, and now is seeing this from the product side, like what's, what's next for STEAM education? I, I'm hoping we're not going to add more letters to STEAM because it's going to start to sound really weird. Um, but what do you think is next? Uh, and and if, if Lego was sort of ahead of the trend um, how would it get out in front of that? And what do you think is the most important thing to be supporting in classrooms five years from now? Yeah, when I think about STEAM education on uh, the growth journey that we've been on, um, it's really interesting because I think that everyone is is knowledgeable of the benefits that it brings and excited about the opportunity that it brings. And I think of the future being just continuing to afford every student that opportunity and that equity piece around making sure every student is exposed to STEAM learning and that it's embedded in what they're doing. So I think with um, the future holding, you know, these unknown jobs that we've mentioned in this kind of um unsure exactly what we're preparing students for, you know, I think STEAM education plays a huge role in that. So, you know, at Lego Education, we've we've mentioned and talked about rethinking learning. And I think this is probably part of it as STEAM education needs to become more and more embedded in uh, everything that students are doing. And that way we can create that motivated learning environment. We can have that kind of lifelong learning and enthusiasm for learning continue to build because it is about getting students to be very experiential and not learning in silos and having those skills very embedded in what they're doing. And I feel like STEAM learning is just going to continue to push further, further in that direction of being well embedded in what we're doing. And I see that learning through play has a huge role that it can play in that. I mean, that purposeful play piece, allowing students to have experiences that are very STEAM based um, will only afford them more and more opportunity into the future uh, to continue to rethink how STEAM education can be a part of learning and how learning can change in general. What's, um, if, if for educators, whether they have the, you know, the latest and greatest um, kits and things for their classrooms, one of one of the things I was hoping that you would do is I've actually had the benefit of doing a little research and seeing some of the the activities and things you've done in a virtual setting um, that kind of bring bricks into a context that you wouldn't necessarily think um, you'd be using Legos as manipulatives in. Um, I'm curious if you would describe for us just a, a really simple 
project that educators who might be doing some virtual environments, maybe they're doing blended environments or some virtual, maybe some of them are doing back to school night and want to do it with parents. Um, can you can you do a quick uh, activity or describe a quick activity with us um, that uses bricks to sort of characterize some of what you're talking about in um, using um, a a sort of kinesthetic experience, a playful experience like this to to bring learners out. Absolutely. And I'll challenge everyone to think about ways that you can use bricks anytime to have students share an idea, reflect on something. It doesn't have to be a full lesson. It can be something small and easy just to have them kind of, you know, tangibly show what their thinking is. I mean, it's difficult for students sometimes to bring that thinking to life and, and building it is a great way to kind of show that thinking. Um, but, but a lesson that I absolutely love to do and, and do virtually and in person, that is one of our hybrid lessons that we launched um, over the last year is a back-to-back where you have a set of bricks and I have the exact same set of bricks. Now you can do this without bricks. You can do it with any anything almost as long as uh, we each have the same things. And I can even do it with a large group of people as long as we all have the exact same thing. So I have, for example, right now, five bricks, a yellow, red, green, violet, and blue, two by four bricks, so just a basic brick. Um, and I can arrange those and stack them in any way that I want. And then everyone else as the learners would be back to back, so not seeing what I'm building And my goal then would be to describe uh, what I've built in a way that everyone else can try to copy and build the exact same thing. And the benefit of this uh, is that you can do it in a lot of different ways. So a very basic way, for example, and I'm just going to use three bricks um, to make the example, is if I say that I have the red brick placed in front of me, um, kind of parallel, and then I have the green brick stacked directly on top of that, but perpendicular, Mm so that um, it's it's flush on one side. And then I've taken my red brick and placed it so that it's really right over top of that, um, I'm sorry, the yellow brick right over top of the red brick, um, but stacked on top of the green brick. I can explain that and you could be building it at the same mm-hmm. time. So we're checking your listening skills now. We're checking my communication skills. We're challenging and seeing how I'm using vocabulary potentially in what I'm doing. Um, And then we could reveal and see if you built the exact same thing that I built. Very quick, very easy, very powerful, actually, in the range of skills that students are using. Almost 24 skills at once that you don't even realize are happening in that very quick example. And then we can turn around and have you come right back and do the same thing. Or we can modify it and say, I'm going to build it, but say nothing more than a yes or no. Mm. And you have to question me now in order to draw out the information you need in order to build it. So a lot of really great ways to do this activity. You can do it with with only three bricks. You can do it with 10 bricks. So you can make it bigger and smaller um, and then change it and make it more challenging as students go along and do it in different ways. But it's very simple. So again, it doesn't have to always be elaborate. You can do very simple things to draw that out. It's getting tangible. It's getting hands-on. It's being playful. It's fun. It's a great way to interact. That's the power of what we want to bring through purposeful play with Lego education. Um, and, and it can be small and it can be really a large project. So there's kind of everything in between to make sure we meet learning everywhere and in every type of way that it happens. Outstanding. One of the things I was dying to ask you is um, to help me uh, process a question that comes up 
for me as a parent all the time. I lament sometimes, even though um, the millions of kits that are out there for Lego, you know, you can like build this castle, build these characters, um, right? So that's a Lego product question, right? And we're, we're kidding Legos. What I remember as a kid uh, about Lego was we we just had a giant, um, it was almost like, um, it was a drawstring sack filled with the component parts of a million different builds from previous and and the you know from from previous uh gifts and things like that so it was just a huge it was probably a thousand two thousand pieces in a in a sack so the question that i have is whether at lego education you all are talking about uh, um being that creativity is such an important outcome like kits or sack is the question that I wanted to put in front of you. Like I am, I am uh, always feeling like I want to encourage parents to uh, just dump it on the floor and get creative. But how do you approach that? And, and what do you tell educators and parents? Lego education's goal is really about bringing purposeful play to students, to teachers, to classrooms, you know, to kids, to adults, to everyone. Um, so kit or sack, I think having that opportunity to work with the brick, to get hands-on, to get playful, that's the most important thing. We want that pedagogy to be inspirational in everything that teachers bring into their classroom. So, so I certainly think there's a place for all of it. Uh, I think that what the kit itself brings, so having a solution that's been purposefully built for classrooms allows so that you can have um, a little bit more of a systematic learning happening mm -hmm. in the fact that every student's going to have those tools. They're going to have, the with Spike Essential, for example, they're going to have that ability to also code it because they're going to have those hardware pieces that you might not otherwise get from some of those sets. So I think it's um, not going to limit the creativity in any way to have that kit because it's designed to build pretty much anything you can imagine. You know, if there's if there's 40 uh, models that we've provided you to build, there's certainly unlimited other things that you can build with it. Um, it's just going to provide a bit of a way for teachers to have um, a little bit of classroom management. That's always a bit of a concern for our teachers. It's going to allow for a really easy way to introduce that into the classroom so that students can dig right into the learning. Um, but it's not going to limit the creativity in any way. So, so we've just been thoughtful about packaging it and making it um, easy to bring into a classroom and implement across um, the learning that's happening. Not to say that any type of hands-on manipulative doesn't have a place in those classrooms. Absolutely. Getting playful and hands-on, that's the end goal. Mm. Yeah, and it's important to make the distinction clearly between the education kits that you're describing, which are a lot more like a toolkit almost than um, than the step-by-step -step sort of, um, you know, build Barbie's Dream Castle or whatever it is um, in in uh, 17 steps or whatever. Um, so it is a, a different it is much less prescribed and, and a very different product, but, um, but it's neat to make that distinction and, and help, um, help folks think both about the ways that one might be also a scaffold into the other. Right. So, um, I always, I think about some of the gifts that I give for, uh, young learners as, you know, I, I like to imagine them putting together their first, prescribed sort of instruction booklet castle, but 
but it then giving them uh, the excuse when they lose a piece to turn it into something else. Um, and it feels like the education kit is very much so sort of an evolution of that idea in the sense that it then allows the educator to help young people run with their ideas and, and build, not only build, but build and program, which I think a lot of people don't realize um, about the sort of the, the, the modern kit that's, that's going into classrooms. Um, Dr. Jenny Nash from Lego Education, I really can't thank you enough for being on No Such Thing and, and uh, sharing a little bit about what Lego Education is up to and, and what you're supporting in the classroom. And I'm really looking forward to catching up and seeing how, uh, how things are going after our year back into, um, into the classroom. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And I can't wait to see what students create over the next year. That's, that's always the best part is seeing where they take it next. For more info about advertising with us, sponsoring the show, or if you have story ideas you want to share, find me on Twitter at M.A. Lesser. The tracks in this podcast were produced by Leroy Tindy, a guest in episode zero, alumni of two bomber nations, Ithaca and the Bronx, New York, and engineer of digital things and fresh beats. Find him on SoundCloud at Air Tindy Beats. No Such Thing is produced by me, Mark Lesser. A learner like you and our show notes can be found at nosuchthingpodcast.org.